Welcome to this week's edition of Women in Tech Wednesdays. Now, for those of you joining us for the first time, I'm your host and founder of the Women in Tech Wednesdays initiative, Noah. Now, today we have a very special guest, Laurie Jam, Chief of Staff to Tech Executive Management and VP of Tech Operations at Guaranteed Rates. Now, Laurie, if you wouldn't mind, just a brief introduction, a little bit about yourself, the work that you do. And thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Now, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, I've been in tech now for about 10 years and uh, started my career in the health insurance operations. Um, and I oversee tech recruiting, procurement, finance, communications, and process improvement. So just making things work more efficiently within the tech industry. Love it. So I just want to dive straight in then. And, you know, one of the things which I'm really curious about is what drew you to the specific area of tech? Because as we both know, tech is incredibly broad, you know, endless possibilities. How did you end up where you are today? Well, it's very true. And tech is really uh, woven in through many careers now. It's really how we all do what we do, right? And when I was in health insurance operations, um, the industry was in high turmoil in 2009. And so I looked at my resume and decided to kind of redirect my career and leverage my strengths and what experiences translated over to tech. And so I looked at operations management, strategic planning, financial management, process improvement, and change management, and really just applied those into the tech industry. And uh, so found roles that uh, worked for me, um, leveraging it from the health insurance and transferred over into tech. And titles are really just a label. So it's less important about uh, what your title is, but more about the value that you bring to the table. And uh, you know, similarly, when my value was questioned in my last role, I was working in a cybersecurity division leading operations, but I didn't know anything about cybersecurity. And um, so I went and sought out my CISSP to expand my knowledge, add value, but even more importantly, to build trust. And I think those things are what's key. So I can say for sure that's going in the, the, the key takeaways, but it's really about the value that you added opposed to the title. Um, I think that's super important. And, you know, in the time that you've been in the industry, I mean, tech is notorious for changing rapidly. I mean, if we try to sit here and predict where we're going to be in 10, 20, 30 years, um, I think that we would, <laughs> we would struggle as much as I know everyone would like to, to, to do that. Um, but, you know, what, one thing I'd like to know is in the time that you've been in the tech industry, what are the key changes? What are the key developments that you've seen? Well, it's really interesting because coming from the health insurance industry, it was primarily women. And then moving into the tech industry, it's, you know, it definitely has been a majority of men in the room. And typically when I had a seat in the conference table, I was the only woman in the room and uh, actually had my boss tell me once not to clean up the table. Um, and so now, you know, I went to a strategy meeting a few weeks ago where 50% of the people at the table were well compensated, highly talented women. And I said something to the executive who had planned the meeting, and he said that was actually intentional. But my real excitement was there were so many talented women that were in roles that made it feasible for him to schedule that meeting, 50% women. And um, so I think that's the real change is, you know, it's not just me at the table anymore. And uh, as I said earlier, I head up tech recruiting and my team hired 46% diverse this year, not just women, but all diverse candidates. And, um, you know, that's just remarkable. And the executive men in uh, our tech 
are now asking me, you know, to make sure we're hiring diverse candidates and asking me for data. And so I really think that this is becoming more the norm rather than abnormal. Most definitely. And I mean, this is um, the inspiring thing. And, and one of the things that I've certainly realized in, in producing this series is that whilst we still have a long way to go, I, I think that amazing things are happening and steps are being taken in the right direction. Um, and, you know, it's absolutely something we're very proud of here at IT Labs is we focus intensely on hiring the right talent. Uh, but as a result of that, 60% of our wider team is female and 90% in management. And so um, it's something which is fantastic. And I can say firsthand, I'm very proud to be a part of. Um, I mean, you know, just kind of steering back then, I, I want to know a little bit more about, about you and, and kind of, you know, what are you passionate about? It's a very broad question, um, so feel free to take this in any direction you want, but what are you passionate about? Well, I think what's most critical is being my authentic self and helping others to figure out how to do that in the working world. Uh, when I started my career, I worked for very, very conservative companies where, you know, to excel, you had to be in a very specific mold and you had to almost try to be a man and uh, conservative suits. I was told not to wear glasses. I was told my lipstick was too bright. Um, and over the years, I've really learned that each of us bring that special seasoning to the table and the need to be ourselves. And um, so I've learned to be my authentic self, to stand tall and be proud of what I bring to the table, but even more importantly, to help those uh, uh, that I work with and am looking to mentor over time to do the same thing. And so I seek out those who have strengths that they may not be aware of and highlight and evolve them along and teach them of those strengths that they may not realize and help them to become more intentional on their own journey. And so I look to create solutions and situations that cause my staff to stretch and show their own value and determine their own value, because a lot of times when you're younger, you don't realize that. And so I'm very passionate about being true to myself, but then also helping my teams to become true to themselves as well. Fantastic. I, I think that's super important. And I mean, I just want to kind of dig a little deeper. I mean, in terms of your career then, what, what role has mentorship played? I mean, did you have um, kind of mentors when you were when you were progressing um, or, or is it something that you you didn't have? And so that's why you're so inspired to kind of help others. Because um, I, I love hearing that. And I think that's so important is people who, you know, have been as successful as yourself, they're mentoring others and helping them to become the best versions of themselves. Well, I think all of us have mentors and sometimes we just don't realize that they were mentors at the time or it wasn't intentional. You know, they, 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 it might've been on their side, but it wasn't necessarily on my side when I was being mentored. And uh, I was hired by a gentleman um, in a role that was a stretch for me at one point. And he told me that, um, you know, they wanted to pay me a lot less when they hired me into this position because I was making a lot less. And his statement was, no, if she's going to do this role, then I'm going to pay her what the role pays, which I thought was great. And he uh, it was actually a um, head of um, uh, health insurance for country companies, and they were just starting out a health insurance product. And so this was actually building it, but on a very small scale. And uh, so I ended up being exposed to a lot of different um segments of operations that I hadn't been before. And so he helped me along the way to learn how to, um, you know, manage different types of staff, to uh, learn different types of um, processes and, and just to really stretch myself. But he gave me the opportunity to fail too, which I did. Uh, and, and he let me understand that that was okay. 
Um, and then I actually went from that role into um, a higher level role in a company that is now Anthem. Uh, it's been bought a few times, but now it's Anthem. And I was actually reporting to an extremely intelligent and driven and um, um, strong woman uh, there. And so she, I learned, I, I felt like I aged 10 years in the three years I worked for her because I worked so hard, but she taught me so many things. And um, yes, I failed there many times as well, but um, I, I grew and evolved uh, many times. And that was actually where I really learned a lot about uh, diversity and inclusion. I was managing a team of about 150 women that were um, very diverse. And I grew up in a very tiny little town that was not diverse at all. And their, and their interpretation of me at the start was very negative. And I felt like I was swimming in quicksand. And so I really had to learn a lot of things. And um, it ended up being quite, um, quite successful and quite educational over time as well. Excellent. I, I like what you said there about the fact that, you know, sometimes we have these mentors, but at the time we don't actually realize that they're mentors at all. Um, right. But then when we look back, they're actually a pivotal part of guiding us and kind of supporting us to be who we've become and, and kind of get where we are. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch on, on what you just said there. So, I mean, I think one thing that must be pretty key in your role, and I'm sure key in, you know, a variety of roles that you've been a part of and companies you've been a part of, is ensuring that we're addressing D and I from a, a social responsibility standpoint, instead of this kind of corporate box ticking exercise, which I think some companies, you know, uh, and not naming any names here, but I, I know that some companies have um, it's been identified that that is kind of what it's turned into. Um, so, I mean, what, what would your advice be for companies that are looking to make sure that they're approaching this the right way and conducting themselves correctly on this this topic? Yes, it's actually near and dear to my heart. And uh, I lead this for uh, tech within guaranteed rate, um, not only because I lead recruiting, but really, you know, I'm, I'm a heavy part of the building the culture across GR Tech. And uh, I was in a webinar a few years ago and it was stated that you can invite someone to a party, but if they don't feel like they want to stay at the party, then there's little point in the invite. So in other words, you can hire a diverse candidate. But if you don't make the environment in such a way that they feel like they can be successful, there's no point in spending all this effort in hiring diverse candidates. And um, so the goal is really to ensure that, you know, new hires or old hires are passionate and energized and they're growing, whether they're diverse or not, really. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that everybody feels that. And so it used to be called DEI and now it's DEIB because belonging is a key component to that. And how do you know that happens? Well, data is really the utmost criticality for ensuring that. And a lot of companies are very scared of data and they consider it something almost under the covers. But, you know, I think we've all heard the change happens what we measure, right? Um, but it's not only just what we measure, it's also what we communicate and it needs to be transparent and we need to be candid that this is a journey. It's not a sprint. I think people have been talking about, you know, having more women into business now for years and years, and we've moved the needle very little. Um, and so we know this is something that's going to take a long time, but it needs to be, you know, not just data on how many people do we interview that are X color or X um, gender, but, you know, we also need to measure who we promote and who we train and who we coach and who we compensate and who we inspire and then communicate 
that everywhere and uh, maybe compare ourselves to our uh, competitors and our friends and whoever, um, but make it obvious. Um, and so it's back to data, but it's also about making everyone feel part of the family and having a seat at the table. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much truth in that, that the, it really is a journey and not a sprint. And uh, I mean, speaking of that journey, you know, when we look at that as a kind of broader term, what motivates you every day? I mean, what drives you to kind of, you know, be the best version of yourself in this journey and to do the amazing work that you're doing? What, what's the kind of core motivating factor that drives you? Uh, I think the key motivator is that I, there's so much opportunity out there to affect others, to affect in a company, to make change in the role. And I actually just came over to Guaranteed Rate in May. And one of the reasons why I did is because their culture is about being able to drive change and stand tall regard what your title is and to be able to make an impact. And, uh, you know, I work harder every day than I did in my last role when I was at my last company for about nine years and it was a totally different industry. Um, so it was a little bit of a ramp up when I started, but I'm so jazzed every day I get up and it's because I work with people that are working just as hard as I am and rolling up her sleeves and we're making a difference every day. And, and I think that's what it's about. And some, some people don't necessarily feel that they have that power to affect change and they don't necessarily understand their individual value or their ability to, um, you know, uh, have an impact. And so it's, it's exciting for me to help, others understand it yeah uh, i think that's important and you know what you just identified there in terms of staying tall regardless of, of your title or your level um is i think something really important and we kind of implement in a slightly different way or the same way but we we call it something slightly different which is kind of implementing an idea meritocracy in other words the best idea wins doesn't matter where it came from doesn't matter um you know kind of talked about the best idea always wins, you know, um, and that kind of uh, that environment that's created with an idea meritocracy, I think, is, is very much in line with what you said about kind of staying to regardless of, uh, of kind of title or, or position. Um, and, and so, you know, just looking then at, at Guaranteed Rate for a minute, tell me a little bit about what are the kind of exciting things that you're working on there, um, you know, whether it be from a technology standpoint, technological standpoint, whether it be, um, you know, from a, a kind of a DEIB standpoint or wherever that might be, what are the exciting things that uh, you're kind of working on and the things that you're excited for in your roadmap? Sure. Um, from the actual technology, I'll stay away from that just from a privacy standpoint. Um, but guaranteed rate has grown from 5,000 employees to 13,000 employees over the last couple of years, uh, which is phenomenal growth. And tech is a critical component of our future strategy. And our tech team has grown similarly from its size. And so as a VP of tech operations, what I'm really working on every day is how to optimize processes and our ways of working so that we can scale efficiently and effectively, right? Um, and so I'm looking down the road for the next three to five years and how are we going to be able to, you know, build the digital platform in a way that will optimize for our customers and um, to do that in a way that is um, expedient. And so when you're going to buy a mortgage, um, you want to do it uh, very painlessly and effectively and close on your, that mortgage as quickly as you can. And so we look to do that um, in meaningful ways. And at the same time, then we're also looking to, um, you know, partner with our customers to 
um, help them along their financial journey in all different ways. And so from a digital platform standpoint, we're looking to make that seamless. And uh, so I stay away from the technical side. I took a programming class. It did not go well. That is not my forte. But what I look to do is enable those who have that talent to do it well. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, this is something which has been a bit of a reoccurring theme in the series is there is so much more to being in tech than just kind of, you know, than just coding, right? Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about the exciting things you're working on at Guaranteed Great. I want to talk a little bit about the exciting things that you're working on outside of that. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I'd really love to to learn a little bit more about is um, you are a, a an author, you know, and have recently released a book. Um, I would love to talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind just kind of going into that. And, and by the way, there will be a link in the description. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what inspired you to write that book? How did you find the experience of writing it? Um, tell me a little bit about it. Well, thanks. Um, it's called Do You, and it really leverages a lot of the topics that I've spoken on today about being my authentic self and helping others do as well. And um, I've wanted to write a book for a number of years. I've written short stories, and, and I really just have a passion for it. But I also wanted it to have some value. And so I... And, and my son is also a writer and told me that the reason why I hadn't finished it is because I just had a fear and he was right. I just felt it, it wouldn't resonate and maybe it wasn't good enough. And, and which is funny because what I talk about is, you know, having self-confidence and going after what you want. So I, you know, really buckled down the last couple of years and spent time to do this, but it's um, basically targets uh, the hurdles that I've overcome in my life. My life has been a very atypical journey. And I started with very little self-confidence such that I didn't go to college right out of high school. And it took me three years to believe in myself enough to start college. And so when I look back and I think about who I was at 18 and 20 and who I am today, it's just vastly different. And so what I've looked to do is to leverage those hurdles and to um, help maybe others might understand things that I've learned from that. And maybe instead of going down those paths, they can learn those from reading instead of, you know, tripping over. And, uh, you know, I've been laid off four times in my career and I survived. Uh, I owned my own business that went bankrupt in 2008. I survived. And so the point is that I know how to get back up and I understand that persistence and resilience are what's really key. And at times when we're young, we don't believe we're smart enough. We don't believe we're good enough. We don't believe we, uh, you know, maybe we grew up financially not so great and maybe we can't go to college and, you know, but it's really about that self-worth and believing yourself and standing tall that's going to get you where you want to go. And um, Calvin Coolidge has a poem called Persistence, and that's really a, a thread through my book. Um, and it's hung on my wall since I was about nine. And I think it's truly one of the things that has helped me get to where I am today. And I actually framed it and gave it to my nine-year-old grandson for Christmas yesterday. Uh, but life is less scary when you realize that you have personal control over it. And that if you go down the wrong path, you can still recorrect. And I've gone down the wrong path so many times. It's frightening. Uh, and in, in big ways. And yet I've been able to read correct and I'm where I am today in a very, very great place. Um, so this book just uses my hurdles to share life learnings and hopefully to help others find beliefs in themselves so that they can get where they want to go. So, you know, if if people are inclined, uh, take a look at it, but also more importantly is share it with young women or others that you think that you would like to help them find their way.
Brilliant. I, I think uh, failure undoubtedly teaches us invaluable lessons. And so, um, as I said, I encourage everybody to check that out. There'll be a link in the in the description. So um, we, we, we're coming to the end of our, our discussion. Um, I've certainly learned a lot. I hope everyone's in, enjoyed it. Um, before we wrap up, do you have any kind of final thoughts, any words, wisdom for the audience, any advice, uh, anything that you want to you wanna share? No, I think I've shared pretty much the key points that I wanted to discuss, but if, if nothing else, just understand that the tech world has so many opportunities in so many different corners and it doesn't matter if your degree is in marketing or if it's in finance or if it's, you know, in engineering, but uh, there's a lot it comes to offer. And um, I think all the disparate personalities and strengths and values that come to the table make it a better place. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor having you on. Um, Laurie, it's been a pleasure having you in the, the virtual studio and thank you to everybody that's watching. Um, we will have uh, more, more to come shortly, but for now, thank you all so much and happy Wednesday. Thank you, Noah.